0: Nobody wants to end up in family court, but if you do, you want an honest, experienced family law attorney by your side to help minimize the stress, mental anguish, and legal costs that divorce and custody matters bring. Welcome to In Your Best Interest. Texas divorce attorney and entrepreneur Justin Sizemore of the Sizemore Law Firm, entrepreneur Andrea Jones, freelance writer Mary Maloney, and guests share insight on what to expect and how to handle family law matters the changing landscape of family law and living the entrepreneur's life. Now onto the show. Divorce
1: and business go hand in hand. Not only is divorce a big complex business in the realm of family law firms, it's also a business that can involve the complex division of marital assets, including business related assets. In today's episode of In Your Best Interest, we'll discuss how clients benefit from working with an efficient, well-managed law firm especially clients looking to protect business-related assets. We'll also talk about our passion for entrepreneurship and share tips on how to run a successful business during good times and bad. Hey,
2: everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of In Your Best Interest. I'm Mary Maloney, and I'm joined, of course, today by attorney Justin Sizemore and entrepreneur Andrea Jones. And today, Justin, my first question is for you. You know, people that know you know that you're a divorce attorney, but that isn't your only job, that you're also an entrepreneur, and it's also something that you are very passionate about. Explain how that passion informed your journey from being a child of divorced parents into the transition into launching your law firm in 2007.
3: Yeah. So obviously in, and we've talked about this before, uh, obviously in, in, in a divorce setting, uh, you're dealing with the issues of business. And one of the things that I was really concerned about becoming, uh, an attorney and being parents or having parents who are attorneys, uh, was just whether to follow the path of, of your parents. And I think a lot of people go through that, uh mindset when you're figuring out what you want to do in life um and I was really more concerned too about the nature of the complexities of divorce the emotional tolls and all those things that I'd seen over the years um and and really how my education in entrepreneurial finance and 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 that could marry up with the business of of divorce litigation so uh long story short I think that probably when I started doing consults with people and learning about their businesses that I really appreciate um, the aspects of how you could marry entrepreneurship uh, with the business of family law, first and foremost, and then second of all, uh, how you can really utilize those skills to impact a case. Um, and so once you really understand fundamentally how, uh, you know, business works, uh, you understand P&Ls, you understand how to look at advertising um how to look at how to hire employees how to manage employees uh you really you don't understand fundamentally how to dissect a divorce case and look what for what's best for a client until you've until you've really been in the trenches of a of a complex business I guess and so over the years as as you develop as an individual as a person a human an entrepreneur uh, you really start to see the parallels. And, and for me, it's been a really eye-opening experience, it's very dynamic, um, and applying all of that to um, our team and how we manage the customer flow, um, how we we are a customer service-oriented business. You, know, you really learn from other aspects of entrepreneurship how that all fits together.
2: So Justin, for young entrepreneurs that are listening in, can you share a little insight on how you fine tune the business kind of more specifics, perhaps, and positioned it for growth and maximize the results that you get for your clients as well.
3: Yeah, sure. So, you know, in in service oriented businesses, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs, especially young ones, uh, will start out in some form of service, whether it be financial services, insurance, uh, law, or whatever else, uh, is kind of that first job opportunity that you have. Um, wh- what I what I've seen and what we've seen is that you know, you can be the guy or the girl, um, you know, and, and have to do all the work and all the heavy lifting. And what happens oftentimes is people get so consumed by their business that they don't think about how to compartmentalize the aspects of the business, because the famous saying is you're working in your business and not on your business. Um, and obviously, when you're starting a business, it becomes very challenging to work on your business and not so much in your business. Um, people like Andrea, uh was very helpful for me to basically expand and keep me a involved in the business and be excited about new growth opportunities um and so i think the best advice um and it's it sounds kind of cliche because a lot of people say it but but you really have to surround yourself by really good people that are different from you um, and recognize your weaknesses and recognize the strengths in others and never be too proud to put them in front of you. you know, and obviously when you're starting out a small business, uh, as a young entrepreneur, you know, you're trying to figure out how to pay for your next meal, much less hire an employee. Um, but what you learn is as you get better at your business and you develop um, you know, basically key formulas to how that's gonna look going forward, as long as you stay consistent with that and put people in their lanes and more importantly, keep them in their lanes, um, you can really, even if you're not the smartest person in the room, which I'm clearly not, uh, you can surround yourself by people that can really pick up the pieces that you, that you're not capable of. Um, there's a lot of good tests out there. Uh, I, I just did one not too long ago that really dissects what your personality is and what motivates you. Um, and you know, you, you oftentimes see entrepreneurs burn out, um, especially lawyers and, and people in the, um, service industries they kind of burn out because they they get so focused on the consumer of their products reaction. Um, and so if you create those buffers and you find good people uh, to help you with that, uh, what you're gonna find is that all of the other aspects of business, you know, the financial aspect, the advertising, all those things, they, they really kind of stay in their lanes as well. Um, and it allows you to kind of have this 50,000 foot approach Uh, But in the beginning, you've got to learn in the trenches you there's no other way, in my opinion, to do any business, no matter what it is, unless you've done all of it. Um, And I know that firsthand with the battery company, you know, I didn't have a lot of training and knowledge in that aspect. Um, So, you know, with the law, thankfully, I, I started from, you know, basically the grassroots of it, I drafted every motion, I drafted every letter, I went to every court proceeding that you could possibly imagine. Um, and then you start to learn how to fine tune that, but the, but the entrepreneurial aspect of that, um, really applies in all businesses. And, and there's no exception to that. There's no exception to the hard work that you have to put in the consistency. Uh, the planning aspect of it is something that I wasn't necessarily great at. So, uh, I put very organized people, Samantha, my right hand in the firm, Samantha's a great example. She's very organized, very detail oriented, uh, very good about Uh, picking up the pieces that I'm short that that are my shortcomings. Um, For example, uh, short attention span and getting information to me uh, is is very important because if you don't, there's so much there's so much information that flows through an entrepreneur that's running multiple businesses head that they tend to kick out things that don't matter. And so if you have good people underneath you uh, that can get that information to you in a succinct format, Um, you know, you can make decisions, uh, with a collect as a collective unit and, and you really, you really utilize all those forces and impact, you know, the, the business and how it grows and what that transitions to, uh, you know, Mary is, is it basically allows, it allows you to focus the efforts of, of satisfying the client, um, and, and also cutting costs, making sure you have time for the client, um, because you can stretch yourself further by scalability. And you know, I think in small business, people kind of overlook the idea of scaling business. You don't have to have 30 locations and be throughout the US to scale your business. You can be a mom and pop and have a onesie twosie situation, uh, but you still have to scale your abilities as an individual. And the only way, in my opinion, to do that is really set out a clear plan and then put the people in place um, in their roles so that you can execute your part of the plan, whatever your strengths may be.
2: So I think that's a, a perfect uh, place for Andre to weigh in as well, because Andrea, you've worked very closely with Justin for many years now. Um, you're you've got a background in operations an extensive background in operations and marketing so can you talk a little bit about how you guys work together and how you played a role in helping Justin grow the business um, from where he was at and from where you came in until today
1: okay sure so Justin and I of course as everybody has heard before we know each other through my divorce and he was my divorce attorney and then several years later we got back together and um I think it started out with looking at his business and a status quo in the marketing arena, because that's where, that's where we started. So where are we at and where are you spending your money and what return of investment are you getting? So that's, that's, I think where we started and I saw a lot of areas that, that could use a lot of improvement. So we started there and then we, I really, we really analyzed what is, what is the firm doing? What are the clients looking for? What is the competition out there? And um based on this analysis, we even did a survey of clients because it's very hard when you when you ask any business owner I've, I've seen and ask them what is your strength, oftentimes they don't really know. They said, then they, they know they have strength, but to put them in words or put them in writing is hard. So to, if you have clients, go back to your clients and do a survey and ask them, what do you really appreciate about us? whether it's the as a law firm, for example, the contact, how they take care of me, how they communicate with you. So that kind of shows you um, where you are. And then based on that, I mean, then we came up with a strategy to how we can we grow this and what needs to be in place. And in my opinion, a lot of people forget, and Justin just touched on that, that is scalability. Are you ready for growth? Because if you're ready for growth, growth is always uncomfortable. And there are some things that you need to change to be ready for growth. And it comes down to the people. Do you have the right people on your team? Um, do you have enough staff? Because if I do marketing and I bring Justin, whatever, so many leads a day, does he have enough staff to handle the clients in a way that he wants to handle them? Not that they get a call back three weeks later because they're so busy. Enough staff. And does the bu- do you have buy-in from your staff? That's, I think, a lo- a lo- an, um, an important uh, issue too. You, c- you maybe want to grow your company, but is your staff really excited about growing because growing then potentially means that they have to work more work different might be moved in different positions. Is the staff ready. So that's I think the first on the people, then the processes are the processes there is is there a way to go from A to Z for a law firm, for example, first touch of the clients to the clients hiring. What is that process. And and. Not everybody comes in and talks to Justin, and then hires the same day. But what processes are in place? What are we doing with potential leads, and how are we moving them through the business? Um, for example, we put another another legal software um, that we use. We put in another another phone system, which we'll probably talk about later. How that helped us during the, the times of COVID. Um, how do we follow up with potential clients? And then one big thing is customer service. Do you really have servants at heart at your firm or at your company? Customer service is so very important nowadays because people um, talk to each other. And if you you can be the greatest law firm out there with the greatest attorneys, but if you do not have any customer service and the, the clients feel that they're taken care of, they go someplace else. Even if they have to spend more money or less money, it doesn't matter. But do you really take care of your clients many companies seem to forget that and the customer service nowadays, in my opinion, uh, belongs under marketing, I cannot go out there and market the company and then when they first touch they have with the company. It's two different things I market their customer service oriented their servants at heart and then the first contact on the phone is something different then the marketing fails. So yeah, that's the, the people of Are you ready for growth? We did a marketing plan. What are we going to do? We 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 weeded out a lot of things that didn't bring anything because there's a lot of bright shiny objects out there for any firm where people tell you, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that and it's going to help you and it's going to bring. But unless you really truly track what is bringing you business, you have no idea. And you need to really track. I mean, that's one of the one, one, of, one of the most important things. What kind of tracking system do you have in place? We switched a few things around and then and then we measured the return of investment. and up to this day, we constantly adjust, adjust, adjust and make it better and bigger. And I think it's been working. I mean we've been very, very successful over the last several years.
3: Yeah, Mary, I mean on and, and to kind of touch up on that point, uh, what Andrea has been fantastic about, you know there there are entrepreneurs that are rainmakers that can just go out and, and get business um and then you know like andrea said the follow-up is is mission critical it doesn't matter whether you own a law firm a battery company you know a donut shop or a huge business it's it's all the same on how you create process and you know marcus limonis used to always quote the people process product um and if you could get the three p's together then the business can can run succinctly and if one piece of that stool or one leg of that stool was missing then obviously that's where you, you would fill in the void. And it sounds really simple, but at the end of the day, it is really simple. If you have the right people and you cultivate process. And at the end of the day, you marry that with a good product, which in our business it's service or a service oriented business. Um, you know, it, it, it's not that complex. And when it comes to um, the individuals inside of the business and what their roles are, one of the things I'm terrible at is is basically the execution of making sure that people are held accountable because i I tend to be a little bit of a people pleaser um and and in that regard and in that respect if you acknowledge that okay well justin look you know when you've got a a rock star like samantha at the top of the game why are you focusing effort on uh or 80 percent of your effort on people that were not uh, rowing in the same direction of the core culture and key values of the company, uh, you know, and that's why those tests like the culture index is, is a great example of that. Um, some people need to be diagnosed um, and, and some people, I think, have a level of humility to them where they they kind of understand where their weaknesses are and they have enough kind of self-awareness to know that, hey, I can, I can add this person over here and you know the running joke was for me was well the only reason why these businesses are successful is because the people around, and you know Sizemore isn't necessarily the smartest guy in the room creating this, and I agree with that. Um, I, I I think I categorize myself as as a people entrepreneur, right? Um, there's there are process entrepreneurs that can create automated, um, you know, provisions for their company that that allow everything to be just perfect and seamless and all that. But the one thing that you see as an entrepreneur, uh, especially when you're diving and doing deep dives into these businesses, is that all businesses, large or small, startups or long, long-term long businesses have problems. They all have problems. They may not advertise them, obviously, because you're trying to mitigate them, uh, but they all have problems and you got to be able to address them. And the, the culture for me is probably the most important transition of our business that I've ever seen. Um, Cause I've, we've had some cancers in our businesses before and we've had some people that that didn't, you know, row in the same direction, weren't pulling their weight. And Andrea was very helpful. Uh, our team have been, has been very helpful in making you understand that. And when you cut that cancer out and, and you really keep people in their lanes, what you're gonna find is that the attitude back to the product that you're selling the attitude to the customer the service level is just a thousand percent better um and for me that that is the secret sauce and the hard part especially with COVID and employ you know supply chain and employee shortage is people just want to put people in a seat and to andrea's point when you are think you want to be in hyper growth mode and finding good people is a problem and you are a people-based entrepreneur like i believe i am You don't just put a heartbeat in that seat because you want to grow your revenue or your bottom line. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you got to think through that and think, okay, well, is this going to be a detriment to me in the short term or long term? And if I put these people in place, yes, they can answer the phone. Yes, they can respond. Yes, they can do these these tasks. But are they really going to take the business to the next level? And that's where I think um, if you sit down and just, you don't have to write out some complex Harvard based business plan, just sit down and really think through all right this is what I want to do this is kind of how I want to grow this is how many people I need to make these numbers be realistic um you know if you're a one-person shop and you're a one-person law firm for example you can only build so many hours uh you've got to have personal time and all that so you you just got to kind of look at what that looks like on a calculator on an Excel spreadsheet and then just marry the people up with with kind of those goals
1: and then measure measure continue to measure the people and you need to anybody you have in any position in your firm or in your company, they might change. So so they might have been great in 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 the job, whatever, a year ago, two years ago, but maybe they fit better somewhere else. They might develop gifts or skills that they fit better. And it's, it's the worst thing is you put somebody, like Justin said, in a seat, and they don't have a gift in that area. Every person has a gift, and you just got to figure out what is their gift. Where do they shine? Because once they start shining, they are such an asset to the company, and if they're just a heartbeat or a person in a seat, and they cannot shine, with what they can actually do then then you miss out and they're going to go someplace else. You got to always pay attention to where are they great at and are they are they doing the job you hired them for And that's not that's not just not the greatest and when we, when we come to him and say, hey yeah. there's an issue because he's just such a great person and never wants to get rid of anybody or, or write anybody up but sometimes that it, it, that's what it takes you have to measure 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 if you want to grow your business and adjust make changes if necessary.
2: Yeah, and that's really good for the employee, too, is is that when you're proactive about that, that helps them, you know, maybe take that different role, or maybe it's time for them to go find something different somewhere else, which is actually better for both sides of it, for sure.
1: Yeah, grow up or grow out. I mean, that's that's how I see that. Grow yeah. up with us, or you <laughs> have, we have to grow you <laughs> out of this position, because you might, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. People develop. There's nothing wrong in telling somebody you might not be the right person for the future of this firm. So we'll, we'll do everything possible in, and, and then we'll grow you out into something that you might be a better fit. And you're going to be happier not being with this firm or with this company somewhere else and we'll help you. It's not I fire you tomorrow. No, let's help you to grow out to something else.
2: And I think another thing that you guys touched on too, is the fact that you have to have people around you that are honest and that are going to tell you like it is. And we all know Andrea will always tell you like yes. it is, <laughs> you know, <yeah. laughs> if you don't have the, you know, have it in you to, to, to discipline people or whatever, you really need people to tell you that. And also if they disagree with you too, I think that that's, it's very important to have people on your team that are going to tell you, you know, I don't think that's a good move for sure.
1: You don't want yes sayers around you. And Justin is absolutely right. First, right. For me, the same thing in my marketing company. It's I put people around me that are smarter in areas that, that I I'm I know enough to be dangerous, but I don't want to do the job and they're smarter than me. And that's, that's what you do. And you're absolutely right. You don't want to. Justin and I have many arguments or not arguments in a negative way, but discussions about things that we can and cannot do. And that's positive. You have to have people around you that tell you the truth and and are not yes sayers, then you can do it yourself. You want other opinions, other perspectives.
2: Yeah, 100%. So let's take a little turn here, you guys, you know, Justin, you often say that running the firm like a business has had a huge impact on how you help people dealing with divorce and business interests. Can you kind of take a little deeper dive into how that works?
3: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to running your own business or businesses, you, you have to analyze the 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 key pieces that matter so you start in my opinion with kind of the the core culture or value or whatever that you're setting out uh for your general theme and i do the same thing in a trial right i when i when i set up a trial i come up with a theme um and then i i really don't want to take it past two or three key points to marry up underneath that theme so uh, you know, when we talked about the people, process, product, I think that's why it's a simplified way of of saying that. But yeah, so the the key points of the business of any business are you know going to be the the people and the financial aspects of uh, the business as far as key performance indicators of how your employees are engaging and what their level of responsibilities are. And, and in a law firm, it's a little easier because. You have billable hours, and they have to be very detailed about what they're doing all day. So, you know, when you're when you're sending an invoice to a client, what I tell people is, look, if you're reading an invoice and you see simple things on a bill like, you know, court setting, write a letter to a client, and you charge them uh, to do that, I, I, I sit there and go, as a consumer, how how would I read that? How would I value that as a as a you know actual value add? Um, and so, what I tell my people is, look, be the consumer, sit in the seat, and look at exactly that invoice. And we use our invoices instead of just, you know, like I see some lawyers or some businesses use the invoice to get paid. We use our invoice in a different way. We we try to take everything and spin it to a direction of how does it impact the customer and how does it inform the customer. So our clients, for example. You know they can go back to the bill and see exactly what's been done and kind of how this how the sauce is made, Um, and I think a lot of times in business, um, you know, especially seasoned entrepreneurs, they forget the explanation part because they've gotten they've gone to so many different levels that they forget kind of how to explain the process to a to a consumer. So in all of my businesses, we're very big on not doing it in an arrogant way, but explaining, look, this is not something you do for a living. Okay. So we're going to walk you through each of the steps. And then more importantly, you can go back to the invoice and see exactly how those steps marry up for what you're being charged for. And then from there, we're establishing kind of next steps. So there's, there's this constant matrix and people call them KPIs or key performance indicators. I think that that's true in every aspect of law firms as well your key performance indicators, for example, in a a divorce case, are going to be how long does my divorce take? How many external resources did we have to go hire? How much did we spend on the process? How much time did it take away from my business and what I do for a living? Um, You know, and and then from there, you can really establish all right, these are the good people in the business experts, for example, I use two, maybe three experts total in my career. Um, and I've used them for a long time. Mediators, same thing. Uh, it establishes consistency of the product that we that we provide. Um, I can go to those people and say, "Listen, you know, this was not the way that I want our client to receive this information." Um, you might have a highly intellectual client that wants you to talk in these, you know, obscure uh, natures, and you might have somebody that, look, they just kind of created a business and it, it it went off to the races, and they don't want you to talk in this you know, highly complex language. So I think understanding your customer, understanding what their desires are, and most importantly, marrying up people in the expert side of that, so that they can they can assist them. And I think every good entrepreneur out there is self aware of, hey, look, I'm not great at this, we talked about it the first part of the segment, same thing in a divorce case. Um, You know, when we're dealing with experts, when I know that a, one of my experts can put together a detailed report, and it can take away the time uh, from an individual of having to do that on their own. Then we'll certainly utilize those resources. We can do that ourselves. Some customers say, "Hey, look, Justin, I don't, I don't have all these dollars to just go throw at this expert." And and and, and again, it's it's really about serving the customer in that regard. And so, how does that apply to business and entrepreneurship? Well, it's the same in any business. If you have I was just listening to a Papa John's deal last night, and they were talking about how with inflation, they're going to be able to serve their customers as the price of cheese goes up and pepperonis go up. And and those entrepreneurs at the top levels of those organizations are thinking about every type of customer. I, you know, I always chuckle when I hear, uh, we're, we're just the highly complex, we only do the high-end divorces. Well, if you do that, you represent maybe point oh two percent of the of the society and and granted some people can get away with that Uh, but i think those those kind of firms lose touch with with the individuals that don't have all the success stories and you know you have to serve every type of consumer and and when you have the heart that really desires to do that really help humanity really serve people i think it makes it much easier it's not this complex formula when it comes to being entrepreneurial in the aspect, it's really just thinking about the customer marrying it up with what they want, what their desires are, and having the process in the place to be malleable uh, inside of your business to handle that. By the same token, you have to have some focus, you can't be all over the place. So we get asked the question all the time, Justin, can you handle this personal injury case? Can you handle this uh, real estate matter? I, You know, obviously, with family members and law, they they think you can do all things. And I give the analogy of the doctor you know, I don't want to go to a brain surgeon for a heart issue. Um, and, and in law, there's very finite aspects of, of, of what you need to be kept up to speed on. And the same is true for business. And so when you really focus what you do for a living in your business, and you keep your customer uh, focus, and you keep your core processes focused, you know, it, it really gets pretty easy, honestly. Um, and in the beginning, You're kind of scratching the surface to figure out what your identity is Um, and i think for young entrepreneurs especially and and even ones that may have had businesses that have gone all over the place i think if you really look back as to the failures in that business what you'd see is that you didn't have to have this complex business plan but what you actually failed to do was recognize your customer and recognize what it is that you do and and what you want to do most importantly because there's a lot of people out there especially in today's world that just do what you know, kind of pays the bills. Um, and it's not about necessarily doing what you love. I wouldn't say that, you know, even 70% of, of some of the things we do in business, we love. And in today's society, you know, it's kind of like you watch Facebook and you look at these other things and you think, well, I'm not doing what God has put me on the planet to do. And I'm not happy doing this uh, because it involves some things that weren't exactly fun. Um, you know, my my definition of fun may not be the work situation and my dad was very different he loved every minute of being at the office in fact when he would get away from the office that was not his happy place um, and so i think the balance there is, is is critical and i think the understanding fundamentally of really the key pieces to asset division property valuation p ls hiring firing what it's gonna look like if we represent wife that hasn't had access to the business or husband who hadn't had access to the business, how do we divide that up? Um, it's not just this cookie cutter, okay, you get half the business because there may be partners involved, there may be um, partnership agreements that prevent a, a client uh, from having any kind of control or access to the financials of the business. And so in those circumstances, I use my own failures uh, in business where I had given up some control uh, and I'm not a control freak but I've given up some control to somebody and, and and they let you down and you know what I know is what I what where my heart is and my heart is there for the people my heart is there for the consumer and so sometimes I have to to get away from the people pleasing aspect of myself and say look Justin you've got to take control of this because they need a leader they need somebody to step up they need that check and balance. And you you not doing those things because you're trying to make someone smile in a given day is not is not servicing anyone. And, and it's really easy for me to do that with my clients. But it's really hard for me, honestly, to do that for myself. I, I just I try to keep this selfless mentality. Um, but sometimes you have to step up in that that arena and, and really, really take the driver's seat. And, and I'm working on that day to day.
2: Kind of in closing here, and, and I'd like to ask both Justin and Andre about this, because you know, one of the biggest challenges that entrepreneur, entrepreneurs face is to keep their businesses afloat when times are tough, like the, the recent pandemic. And based on your experience, you guys really worked together and collaborated to actually thrive during a time where many law firms did not. Can you guys talk a little bit about um how you accomplished that and maybe provide some tips for entrepreneurs to? You know, actually thrive in a struggling economy. We've got all this inflation and war going on right now. Um, would love to hear what you guys have to say about that.
1: I, I mean, I think the processes that we had in place for the law firm helped um to keep to keep us afloat. I mean, we had a, a legal system, a cloud-based system, a cloud-based system, and the staff did not have to come to the office to get their work done. We had a phone system that can work remotely. So we were high on tech on a technology piece. So when people could not come to the office at the very beginning of the pandemic, they could take their phones home, work from home, and the phones would still be answered and the processes stayed in place. So there was no supervision per se of the employees necessary, What Justin talked about earlier, you know what an employee is doing. And then on the marketing side, the same thing, everything was in place that it could be done remotely processes, people were in place and it worked. And yeah. And, and the law firm, when we looked at reports, many law firms during the pandemic had like 35% loss of revenue, I think, and, and Justin's firm were on the plus side, so we were like 50% above the average law firm during that time, and it, it was because it was a well-oiled machine. If one part um, falls, then the other parts pick up, and and it worked well. I think we had it all in place, and we were, looking back, we were grateful, but uh, but sometimes you don't even know what you have in place until you're, you're, you're uh, challenged, or you come to a bad situation. I think we had it we had it done pretty
3: well. Yeah, I mean, on, Andrea, you know, it was so funny because the, the things that seem simple, like changing the phones, it creates mutiny inside of small businesses. You know, when you when you change a software system, it can create mutiny. You, everyone feels like you're, you've disrupted their environment sometimes. And and I think what's important is to keep pushing people uh, to be better and keep pushing organization to be better. For us, like the simple things, the, the internet, the phones, the, the laptops, how we, how we, we didn't necessarily even have to evolve that much, uh, but because we kind of knew, Hey, listen, the world is changing. People are working all over the place. They're working long hours. So how do, how do we serve them uh, better? And, you know, we started doing phone consults and people were like, well, if, if they're not in front of you, they won't see your office and your building and how nice things are. And, and they won't sit in there and fill out the forms. And I was like, I hate sitting in a doctor's office for two hours waiting to fill out a form. And all that, and Andrea, Andrea, is magical at at really taking ideas and putting them into action. She was very good about saying, "Okay, listen, Justin, this form is ridiculous. You're not even reading half this stuff. Half of it's chicken scratch that people are writing on this thing." And then we had tens of thousands of consults where we literally just threw the in, the, the papers into our recycle, you know, our, our secured recycle area. And I was like, "What? Why are we not figuring out how the customer got to us?" why we lost the customer, or whether we could have helped them in a different way, um, keeping data points, keeping contact with them. You know. And Andrea was just magical at making that all come to fruition. Um, and so when we got more virtual uh, in that aspect, when we got more to where we could serve the customer from their office or from their home when they're raising their kids, what we found is, yes, we had a downtime you know, in the first part of COVID uh, because the courts were closed, but what we found is we could solve problems in other areas we could set up uh, alternative mediation solutions private judges um, situations where we can do zoom hearings zoom conferences uh and and i think everyone knows these things these aren't these aren't unique to the business but what, what was unique is that okay now that covid you know has kind of reared its ugly head and we're starting to learn how to develop better with it and deal with it better do we go back to the way it was i kept hearing you know let's when are we going to get back to normal uh you know and what i would say is i think that the greatest thing that has ever happened with the covid process is it made entrepreneurs and business people who've done the same things for a long time rethink the way they work their business Uh, it made them be innovative again Mm -hmm. um, and get new systems and you know do a little homework because you had a little free time and what i would say with free time with entrepreneurs you you go two different directions you can either get very comfortable in the fact that you've been successful financially and you get bored right and so you just kind of sit around stare at the computer screen and don't think of ways to evolve so what I would encourage if you're that kind of person because I I I have that that tendency sometimes get get somebody like an Andrea that literally kicks you in your backside Samantha that literally keeps you organized and enforces things you know, those are those are when I talk about the people doing those, those are the specifics of that. You know, we all have highs and lows as an entrepreneur, you, you, you have moments where you wake up, and you just don't want to go into the office, you don't want to perform, you know, and you have to kind of put a smile on and fake it, you know, through your through the day, analyze what's causing that. Um, you know, because if, if you're not challenged, it, it may be just a situation of, of, of pipeline, like you're just not busy enough in your pipeline. But staying busy is not making you successful. In my opinion, you know, with respect to COVID and, and all the things that we've dealt with, staying busy was 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 really not an option in, in certain days because you didn't have courts. I mean, it changed our entire system. So we reevaluated how do we get back customer facing and how do we solve their problems without the courts? And that's why we had a down quarter just trying to solve those problems. But what we learned was now that we have you know, the, the, our new marketing tools, our new platforms, our new constant contact, our new ways to reach out to the customer, um, we became a lot more engaged with them. Um, it was a lot more, you know, in my opinion, eye opening because you now, um, you, you now know a lot more about them because you're talking to them on the phone more often. Uh, you're not just running over to a courthouse every 10 minutes. Uh, and it we found that that was actually an evolution of our business in a good way.
1: And I um, think th- the one thing that, that many businesses forget is the easiest client, if you're looking for new clients, stop looking for the new client, look for the client that you already have. Many, many businesses forget that. Retention, that's the low-hanging fruit. And we changed that. And Mary, you were a big part of that in sending out amazing blog content. We interview Justin um, once every four to six weeks about different topics that we think are important or that that are searched for a lot. And then we put good content out that all of our clients' potential leads existing clients, former clients receive. And then Mary's amazing in writing this, getting Justin's thoughts on paper. And we send that out and people stay really engaged and they forward that information to somebody else. So they might've gone through divorce already and are done with that and were a client, but now they constantly get blocks, for example, how to protect yourself in a divorce. When do I ask for divorce? That is not applying to them anymore, but they have a friend and they forward the blog to somebody else. So, and then somebody else has the information and it's not, we don't think about this as a tool to constantly get new clients, but at the same time we stay in front of people and they get good information from us for free. doesn't cost anything for free, good information they can share with others. And if hopefully they don't, but if they come into a family law situation where they need a good lawyer, they remember Oh, wow. Three months ago, I read this article. That was amazing. What was the name again? And I go back to this firm. So I think that's retention. Look at retention. Don't always look for the new client. Look at who you already have and how you can create more business there.
3: Yeah. And Mary, just on that final point too, on the podcast itself, um, you know, when we look at why, why are you doing a podcast? Is it to hear yourself talk? The, the answer is no. What, what I, what I wanted to share with anyone who listens is, okay I can tell you and teach you some things about divorce and our strategy and how we how we deal with these things but one of the things that makes happy people in a happy world um, is you know talking through these issues together how do we do business and when you're going to hear on this podcast coming up you know we're going to walk through specifics of a divorce how we divide up assets how we value uh, and we'll we'll really get down into the weeds of some of that stuff but we're also going to talk to you about just kind of the mental health professionals, how how you can get outside of your box, how you can become entrepreneurial, how you can stay involved and engaged as a business, how you can help with your health uh, and, and all these things, you know, we're just doing this life together. And, you know, the main reason that I really am inspired by what we're doing now is, you know, when we talk on these blogs and Mary does all this, right, I'm just fascinated. I sit there and go, you know, how did she put that together? How did she come up with, you know, an organized you know, sometimes when I'm all over the place, how do you put that in a train of thought? And, and I think that when we when we really fundamentally look at the definition of an entrepreneur and why it ties into all businesses of what you do, I think what you find is you exploit those great things uh, about what you're doing in life. You bring your family dynamic to the office, you bring your, you know, health and wellness, uh, your business aspect, and that's what makes you a great entrepreneur you're excited, you're, you're fired up, you're ready to roll and you're ready to get after it. And every day you wake up, you go, you know, my, my day is sometimes now, or what, what problems are going to get thrown at me. But, but, you know, the other days I'm like, man, I, I think we've really getting on top of some of these things. And I, and I'm really proud of the, the teams that we've put together. And I'm really proud of doing these podcasts. And, and I'm really proud of the content that we're creating, because I do believe I've had some compliments from, from customers that say, man, it was just really nice to just hear you talk, just real. And read some of your blogs and you know, not be this, you know, Uber lawyer or whatever you call yourself. Just really, it was just helpful. And and Andrea and, and Mary and those kind of people, I think as an entrepreneur, it's not about just advertising. Advertising gets the people in the door. And if you don't have substance to the advertising, you don't have process in place, you're literally gonna get overwhelmed with a pipeline of business that you can't serve and you will not be effective in any business that you ever start. So I think going at it backwards of looking at what your core human values are and then what the customer is looking at. And then as you grow, how do we advertise? How do we expand? How do we put processes in place? That's an evolution. And you know, Coca-Cola and you know, Apple and all these other companies may have that really done because they've they've got the luxury of lean and all these systems out there. But there's a lot of entrepreneurs, small business, especially around us and you know, throughout the US and globally. That are just trying to figure out how to make payroll, just trying to figure out how to feed their kids, uh, and grow their business, and and I we're going to really touch on a lot of that throughout these segments, um, and I like to intertwine the entrepreneurial aspect of it to what we're doing because I think it's it's mission critical and there's a lot of pieces
0: to it.
2: I think that's a really good way to wrap up today too, and I mean definitely you know what we're here to do in this podcast is to provide value to the people that are listening. So if anybody has any ideas or they want to learn more about a specific topic related to family law or entrepreneurship, please let us know in the comments. We'd also love it if you followed and shared this podcast. And if you want to get a hold of the Sizemore Law Form, you can certainly contact us at 817-336-4444 or visit our website at LawyerDFW.com. Thanks so much for listening in today and have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to In Your Best Interest, with Texas divorce attorney and entrepreneur, Justin Sizemore. The content presented here is provided for information only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or financial advice. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available.